0: Hey, podcast listener. You're one of uh, the few people listening here on iTunes, SoundCloud, or, or Spreaker to the uh, the audio-only uh, feed. So go over to YouTube sometime if you want to see some of these sketches that maybe don't make sense. But uh, thank you so much to people out there who've supported us. Um, if you're listening to the free show, this is once a week, and you may have heard YouTube has completely changed their system recently, and it's it's basically eliminated uh, all YouTube revenue and targeted exclusively conservative videos. Uh, all of our videos that are mildly critical of the Young Turks have been demonetized, 100%. So if you love the free content... Um, we'd really appreciate your support and joining up and getting the daily show, uh, every day. And you also get Jared's, uh, morning grinder show with Courtney at com slash mug club. It's $99 annually. It's 69. If you're a student veteran or active military, basically, if you've ever been in the military or if you've ever been a student, wink, wink, you get it for $69. That's less than $6 a month. And, uh, you get all of CRTV's content too. You get Mark Levin, you get Michelle Malkin. We cannot tell you how grateful we are. When this went out there on YouTube and people saw what was happening, there's a real shift right now where people are saying, okay, we need to not just want free content, but we need to support the content out there that matters to us. And uh, you get to do that for less than $6 a month. That's what we're doing. And ironically, it's kind of like when you have, uh, you know, wealthy people have enough money, they don't care. So they can just do whatever they want. Having enough people who've signed up for the Mug Club and who support us there is actually what allows us to provide more free content than ever before because we're not beholden. Uh, more free content sorry, than ever before because we're not beholden to YouTube. We can upload whatever we want whenever we want. And whatever they choose to do, if they choose to shut down the monetization, which they put in place to encourage our business, um, as long as we have you guys, we're fine. So uh, we really appreciate it. Now it's it's more important than ever. Lauderwithcrader.com slash Mug Club. Join now or forever hold your free content. my uh that was my dramatic stare in case I you know we went from this is actually this is this is something that they it's the it's the david has
1: oh
0: i had a friend who was an actor in canada and that was one
1: time one time one time thank
2: you yes thank you
0: i had a friend in canada i swear to you he would get every b budget horror film <laughs> role and every time it would just be he would just walk in and go <laughs> and he'd get the job and then die And then, yeah then we would get she would yeah He'd sleep with a hot chick in the movie and then die. Uh, glad to be with you. Producing with me in video studio as always is Jared who is not gay. Follow him on Twitter at notgayjared. Me at us. Crider. If I'm allegations, conclusions. I don't care what you have to say. Ooh. At G Morgan. We wasted too much time on the stair. Yes. We did. So, it was worth it though. Yeah. That's what that's what they call a week lead. <laughs> it's Thursday. We pulled all the stops on Thursday. Yes, that's right. uh, exactly. Thursday, of course, for all you uh, freeloaders. Uh, <laughs> we will have Iraq Veteran 88, 88 on to talk about nice. uh, firearms and kind of regulations under a Donald Trump presidency trying to teach us how to not become complacent because it still is a right you need to fight for we'll have ben shapiro talking about health care mike pence's comments we'll be talking about uh the transgender bills we'll be talking about all of that but yes. right off the top important news buzzfeed has announced that they are going public <laughs> this is true they are going to be a publicly traded company wow um, so yeah. you can you can buy stock That's in Buzzfeed. Good enough. And uh, new study. I wouldn't. <laughs> well, new study shows that those least likely to invest in Buzzfeed stock are people who've actually read Buzzfeed. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, this lady. This uh, she's she's that. Oh, well, there, you oh, go. oh there we uh, go. Yeah, that makes sense. That is a house That's... filled with cats and no men and no hope. <laughs> Yes, that's the sound of dreams dying and fecal matter. Yes. I guess fecal matter is mostly make a fecal scent. matter. Yeah, that's more the sound of does fecal if it, matter.
3: If it falls and, you know, let's make a sound. No, that's poop humor. <laughs>
0: sometimes I wonder why he's in here.
3: Every day, and I, I
1: wonder. Know. Some call the mystery, Steven. Sometimes
0: I'm going, hold on, so I'm signing the front of this check, and he's signing the back of it. It doesn't seem right. Um, Mike Pence is in hot water. This is all over the news today. Mike Pence and anyone yes. where he basically said he would not uh, dine out, he would not go out and have dinner with someone who is not alone with a woman who is not his wife.
3: Ah, uh, sexist bastard.
0: Um, and his wife, she went on to say, she said uh, she is always with him if there's a public situation where alcohol is involved. Uh, this was trending all day. All day, all day. Mike all Pence, day. Matt Walsh, for commenting on it. The outrage, the outrage from the left. I swear, this is an actual paragraph. Can we bring this up from Slate, referring to it as a pretty radical, retrograde mindset on the part of its adherents—one that doesn't respect women as humans with thoughts and skills to contribute, but rather sees them primarily as sexual temptations. Really, <laughs> you got all that? Uh, I swear, this is this is uh, this happened in the office today. Um, you saw it with Aaron the intern and BuzzFeed newsletter before. This was Jared reading the Slate article earlier today in the office. Didn't know he was being filmed.
1: You. <laughs> we knew that Trump's administration was one of the most heavy, uh, male-heavy in recent history. Now we know that coincidence. Are you sh-ing me? What do you take everything beautiful about like decent respect that Christian man has for woman and turn it into complete and utter bullshit? Gender wage gap, women are, now. damn, we got to talk about this. Are you filming this?
0: (laughs) Yes, Jared. (laughs) Um, And of course, you know, Jezebel had their their piece to write. The the, the leftist outrage over this was, uh, okay, Um, let me tell you something. I adhere by this. Uh, not only as, as as a Christian, which is pretty mainstream in most Christian denominations, yeah. but uh, it's not a hard and fast no. rule, but also as a public figure. It's it's just, a, especially now, if we're talking about women in college, you know, you see the Lena Dunham and the Amy Schumer stories and, and, and uh, UVA and Mattress Girl, where people just come out and can claim anything. You really should be out as publicly as possible with as many people as possible. The last thing you need is just someone saying
1: something. Yeah. That's I, like, that's a rule, like 101 working in church stuff. Like, you just don't do stuff. Like, I used to give guitar lessons to church, churches. And even, like, no matter any of my students, no matter what gender, like, you just, you, you have to protect yourself these days. Yeah. yeah. You have to have a guard up on, against those kind of things. Cause it right. happens all the time. All it takes is it's your word against theirs.
0: Well, they teach the same thing with teachers and students, yep. right? Because it's a position of authority. And by the way, what is a greater position of authority other than president and vice president of the <laughs> United States?
3: <laughs> he shows profound respect for his wife by doing this. And he gets raked over the coals. Yeah. I don't understand. (laughs) Nobody's putting that other side and going, oh, maybe he's not a jerk. Maybe he's just being really cool to his wife. So she never has to wonder if that position of power is corrupting him. Well, us. the whole thing is they're like, well, it means he can't trust himself without what, like he no, can't it's trust himself without rating.
0: It's, <laughs> it's not like it's not like he's demanding she wear a hijab and if a woman shows a, you know, calf, we're saying that she deserves it. Yeah. He's just saying he's a man, there could be temptations there, there could also be yeah. the appearance of something that's not going on yeah. and out of respect for his wife, he's not gonna put her in that even if you don't yeah. agree with it, and I know that a lot of people don't, and I, I I get that, and if your wife is cool with it, a lot of wives are, a lot of wives aren't, that's fine, that's your decision, but I don't understand the outrage over
1: this. No. To me, it's it's just the fabrication of not only connecting dots that shouldn't be connected, but it's fabricating dots completely. So it's like, oh, you like holding the door open for your wife. So you like raping women, too, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, That's the natural next step, like, right? You like complimenting women on their looks. <laughs> I bet you beat them behind yeah. those doors, don't you? Yeah.
4: Oh, you sl- You, you pulled the chair out for her? Mm, Do you want me to get the
3: chloroform and rag <laughs> while I'm at it? Ha-
1: Patriarchal There's just no safe place for a guy anymore
3: we can't do anything right I no. think they just want the world to not have us in it that'd be, that'd be fine for them by the
0: way that's actually a true story I had a friend who went she competed at uh, the Abu Dhabi grappling championships ah. and, um it wasn't actually I don't think it was in Abu Dhabi it might have been in Dubai because they switch it every every uh, two years and her boyfriend Brazilian just just yeah. opened the door for her and put his hand on the small of her back guiding her through the door and they came out and they educated him you don't do that here mm. Ooh. you don't do that
3: you make and, us all look bad yeah.
0: <laughs> so you don't do that you go in first um, it, just by the way if we're talking about at outrage again this is very common practice in most Christian denominations it's not a hard and fast rule but it's generally taught as good practice and it is something adhered to by every single practicing Muslim <laughs> on the face, practicing Muslim male on the face of the earth, they're not even, not only do they not go out to eat with someone who's not their wife, unless, you know, they do a the temporary marriage what they do with a prostitute and then say divorce, divorce, divorce. <laughs> I didn't mean it. But not only that, they're, they're not
4: allowed to, hey, you want to get married? No! <laughs> <laughs> I late. do, oh, we only had sex. Ha, 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 you're destitute. So, I take your children.
3: <laughs> um, Ten seconds later.
0: They're not even allowed to touch their wives in public in a romantic way. Yeah. And it, it's just, Again, this is horrible for a Christian or take your pick, just a Westerner to not want to go out and dine publicly with a woman who's not his wife. This happens from Islam. No outrage. Also, uh, no outrage over the fact that they're still allowed to do
4: this. Oh. Silly so oh, Achmed
0: character. So <laughs> anyway, you can tweet me at <laughs> S. if you find it outrageous. We'll talk about it more with Ben Shapiro. It's, just, it's, it's a total non traversy and they are cool. <laughs> Can you believe it? Uh, it's just one of those things now. This is where, I, if I'm talking about someone publicly, right, if we don't have to do a whole segment on it, can you believe he said that? Yes. And I move on with my day. <laughs> <laughs> just try and practice this. Okay, here's another one nice. while we're talking about this: education and white privilege. So, Oxford University yeah. is now replacing portraits. Uh, of 20 people with more women, people of color, to try and promote greater uh, diversity. So I want to layer that with another story that just came out of Los Angeles. Uh, Nine schools are in danger of losing funding because the percentage of non-white students has dipped below 70%. There was a 1978 uh, LA Superior Court ruling that deemed schools or neighborhoods with large minority populations. They get more funding if white students, uh, if the population is below 70%. so we have this story at Oxford, then we have this happening with American schools. This is, this is to me, the proof positive that um, the left often see, they see things through the prism of race, sex, gender, and they see that as the root cause of all of these actions. So, for example, yeah, there are a lot of white men who, who, who uh, decorate the halls of Oxford throughout history. They've done great things for the university, but not because they are white men. They happen to be white men. And now let's apply that to kids, kids in Los Angeles schools right now who are going to a crappier, less safe school and they're being told it's, it's because you're white. We're like, well, hold a second. Because I'm white, I just happen to be white. And so you're gonna create an entire generation of little racists running around Los Angeles. American History X has got a sequel coming on down the pike. Oh, jeez. It is unreal to me that this is, again, not everything has to be about race or is created by race. Sometimes it's incidental. But the left wants to define us by race. Again, with Mike Pence, they want to define us by our genitals. I can't believe Mike Pence would say this about a woman. Isn't that sexist? I can't believe we
1: have pictures of white men. Isn't that racist? Not necessarily. Did you, I'm confused though, I did you not receive your white behavior manual at birth? I got that, in my birth <laughs> certificate, social security card, white and privilege the, card, or, yes. And, well the card comes, you have to kind of, you know, yeah. you turn eight or nine usually when you get that. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the ARP, but... The but better. Black people don't know this. The a-team is just a money machine for white people. They oh, do yeah, there's no limit. Yeah. Just get there. We don't even have to I'm put just, anything I'm in. I'm
0: swiping a card. Says,
4: uh, you're, you're
0: <laughs> you are overdrafted, and I just go, no, 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 I'm white.
4: Oh, oh. apologies.
3: Fifties, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it funny though that everything you hear is like it's not about gender, it's not about race, it's about who you are and it's about what you bring to the table. Right. Except if you're a white male Christian. <laughs> yeah. And it, then it, you're f- just a horrible person. It,
0: and here's the thing too. I I mean, we have a pretty diverse uh, a diverse group of people who work for the site and work for this show. People from different countries. Obviously, we have, we have plenty of women, plenty of men, younger, older. Jews. <laughs> <laughs> this is true as well. Um, <laughs> And it's just it's not it's not the first thing that crosses your mind. We, we deal with the work. For example, you would think this would be the case in what's supposed to be meritocracy, like a university, like Oxford. Or you would think that people who want to look out for the best interests of children would want to look out for the best interests of children. Well, won't you please do it for the children, teachers? They love kids, really. Yeah. Well, and just does it matter if he's white. Well, yeah, we we need we need more people of color. What? <laughs> But well, we need to, otherwise we can't get that federal money. Shouldn't you care about all children equally? And what you don't understand is kids right now. And this is why Generation Z is going to be more conservative than any before it. And what do I mean by that? You need to look at baby boomers. When they were, They're the most conservative generation now. When they were younger, they were pot-smoking hippies in San Francisco. They were pretty left. Generation Z, meaning below millennials for their current age bracket, are the most conservative of any Uh, in in several generations. And a big reason for that is these kids don't understand, they're so far removed not only from slavery or the Civil Rights Act or even Rodney King, all they know is, hold on a second, we literally get less money, and I have to go through a metal detector at school? They have to wand me down just because my last name sounds Polish? And I, and I, and I wasn't replaced with a black guy on the docket? You're going to raise a generation of people. They don't understand the politically correct battles going on. They don't care about your local district race or what you're doing or who you're beholden to as a voter base. They just see this for what it is, which is a blatant racism against them as young white males. And and, I, and I, I know I'm not saying that young white males have it hard and they're so discriminated against. I'm just trying to give you the perspective, kind of like at uh, Mizzou when that girl ran up and said, I, lo- I love your white tears. I love <laughs> your, your white, white tears. tears. That guy's not sitting there going like, "Wow, oh, gosh, I should really check myself because I think I harbored some. Ra-. No, he's going, oh, my gosh, this is a horrible human being and she hates me because I'm white. It goes both ways on that front. And this could have a serious rebound effect, which I don't want to see. So get your crap together, Oxford and L.A. Yeah. All right. Apparently, you guys don't have anything to say. <laughs> House Bill Two in North Carolina uh, is going to be repealed, for those of you know, in a compromise that apparently no one wants, no one's happy with. Yes. Uh, conservatives <laughs> don't like it. And look at it. <laughs> I don't even your guess is as good as mine on the left. <laughs> I didn't even look see this. I, is that okay? I guess that's a girl, and the guy,
3: the person Try in the middle. That. I, I don't know about that one. That one's tough.
0: And you know what's you know what's crazy about this? People look at that and that's front page news everywhere. And people watch that. They go, oh, I guess yeah, you know, there's a really big trans community. It's 0.01% of the population. But in that picture, you can't guess the sex of
3: anyone. Only where that picture was taken is that the actual case. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's terrible. They're actually just going to reset the laws. It's not a big deal. Yeah. I don't understand. And I, I don't know that the, the five people that this bill affected in the first place really even cared about it. Right. I'm like, hey, are you serious?
0: Well, this is why no one's really happy about it because. because. Because it resets the laws. So, in other words, the North Carolina law where you have to use the the bathroom uh, according to your gender that was assigned at birth or, as everyone else (laughs) says, how you were born. Um, So it it, it, it rolls that back. But it also rolls back localities having the ability to pass anti-discrimination laws until 2020. So a lot of people need to understand this because you have some ignorant people who go out and say, well, I don't know North Carolina. No one cared before that. Well, the reason that the state got involved was because of Charlotte saying you could not request a transgender person to use a bathroom uh, of their corresponding biological sex if it made your clientele uncomfortable. So when the city said you have to serve anyone in any bathroom that they want to use at that given moment, and there were people who were abusing it. Not all transgender people, probably very few, but there were some. There were some cases. The state stepped in. So when people say, oh, well, the state shouldn't have done that. Nobody cared. Well, you need to understand the state stepped in because a city overstepped its bounds and and, and stepped on some businesses' toes. So a lot of people don't know that history there. And this bill, now it's just basically rolling it back, has everybody pissed off.
3: Yeah, and basically I think the NCAA was one of the big pushers, like, hey, we're not going to let you guys host a championship game if you don't fix this. And this was an effort to fix that. I think the deadline was actually tomorrow for that. So the timing, (laughs) the the timing is actually pretty good. So, but you'll, you'll support them, right? It's just like when Chick-fil-A had their kiss and like, I went there to support them on the the not gay day, whatever that day was. And it was packed. They're gonna make tons of money because they stand up for principles. Yeah. yeah, I don't they, you they know, I just, just, I don't just don't
0: if we could get in a DeLorean, I remember the NBA <laughs> made a big thing about it, I think too. Was it the NBA?
1: Uh, a bunch of the sports. And a bunch of things like that. They pulled man. their events or pulled their their But they're uh, still saying game. that.
3: They're still saying that they're gonna they're gonna tell all these artists and performers not to come to the state because of what they just did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like just roll it all
0: back. Let's yeah. reset this. And like that's not enough. I just wish we could get in our DeLorean and go back to Wilt Chamberlain and tell him Watch him try and get his head around it. What? <laughs> we ain't going to play in the state. We're not going to play in the state. Because chicks with this can can't use the bathroom? <laughs> and LeBron's on board with this? What? what? <laughs> Hold on, I got to go take a pill for my VD. Guy was riddled with it. Well, Chamberlain. Um, It it is (laughs) remarkable, and uh, just to see how people react to this conversation in real life when they're not dealing with news shows or Tumblr blogs, we decided to make some more prank calls by popular requests, not popular requests, by some people who demanded it and may or may not have my personal information. (laughs) Please keep my iCloud private. Uh, Prank calls to Target to see what they do when faced... favorite offender. Their favorite offender. Target when they are faced with the real-life situation of... uh, unsavory
4: characters in their bathroom.
0: Enjoy.
5: Thank you for holding. This is Ashley. How can I help you? Hi, Ashley.
4: Are you the manager over there at that Target?
5: Yes, I sure am. How can I help you today?
4: Now, are you the manager or shift manager who's going to try and pass me off between smoking breaks because we have a real problem here? How may I help you? My daughter went to your Target to buy a pair of pants. She had to use a bathroom and she went in there and she went to the bathroom and there was someone in there offered to help her in the bathroom, but he's a man. She was met by a man who called himself Janelle and greeted her inappropriately in the ladies' restroom. Do you know anything about this?
5: No, I haven't heard anything about
4: this. No one came to me and spoke to me. Um, going to, bathroom to in the bathroom in the ladies' bathroom. In the bathroom for a little girl. You know bathroom for a little girl? This man who called himself Janelle greeted her, offered to wash her hands, and lifted his skirt and showed her what can only be described as two squirrels fighting over an acorn. My God, I had to have a discussion with my daughter that I did not plan to have until she was 14. Can you understand why I'm livid about
5: this? I do understand. I can definitely understand where you're coming from. Well, what well, do you we'll plan do to do about I- it?
4: My daughter thinks this person's not a man. I tell my daughter, go to bathroom every day, because otherwise you get bloated, sluggish, uncomfortable. She go to bathroom. The only reason she found out he's a man was he was going to the bathroom
5: and next stall, standing up. No one's here, and no one approached me or came to me with any kind of complaint. So I'm so sorry. Like, I, there's no one... There's no one here.
4: I understand so I, I really that you don't. Do anything. I understand that you don't have a DeLorean. You can't go back in time. But what can you do to prevent this from happening to future eight-year-old girls who are just looking to take a tinkle?
5: Okay.
4: He said, I "Help Give you me wash eat. your hand," and she think that's a woman. But she come out of the bathroom. She let him help her wash her hand. She come out. I I look. I see. She say, "This nice, this nice woman help me wash my hand." I say, "But that's a man."
5: Okay, and you were with her?
4: I was outside the bathroom. I don't go okay. into a lady bathroom because I'm a man.
5: Well, I will definitely take this Let me ask I take you this. Do you have any children,
4: serious. Ashley? Do you have any children?
5: Um, I do not have any children.
4: Do you have any nieces or nephews? I sure do. How would you feel if your niece or your nephew went into a restroom and some sexual pervert offered to give them hand sanitizer? Essential oil thieves hand sanitizer, you know. Yes, I
5: understand where you're coming from. Okay. He he, he, he
4: can fool eight-year-old girl go into bathroom, but not fool a grown man. I'm a grown man. I say to her, I say, no, that's a man. And she say, she asked me, why does a man go to the girl's restroom? And I say that's a good question. And so now I'm on. I'm on the phone with you.
5: Can I get Can I get your last name again, sir?
4: My name is Doctor Lei Feng.
5: Can you spell that for me? L E I Feng. So, I again, like, if someone brings an approach, if they approach me with some kind of complaint, we'll address it case by case, okay? Well, this Thank is a complaint, but how
4: are you going to address it? This is a formal complaint. Put it in the gender-neutral suggestion box. How are we going
5: to fix this one? Dr. Lee Fung, give me a little bit to uh, research this. I'll give you a ring back, okay? I will.
4: Hold on. I will accept gift card.
5: Okay. I will accept it's, cash. It's, give me a little bit to... Um... Give me a chance to take a look at this and I'll give you a ring I, back. I okay? will prefer
4: cash, but gift card can't work.
5: Okay. All right. I'll I'll give you a ring back. How much do you think you can put on gift card? Sir, I'm gonna have to take a look at it first, okay?
4: It sounds to me like you're trying to shirk your responsibility for letting sexual predator in ladies' bathroom. Sir. Next call to my lawyer. Give me a Next call to my lawyer.
5: We allow people to use whatever restroom that they identify with that's the only thing that I can tell you. If you'd like the guest relations number, I can give you that number.
4: I don't want the guest relations number. I have a good mind to sue the hell out of every person there at Target because you have some guy calling himself Janelle, showing his private parts to my 8-year-old daughter, who I'm just trying to teach the, the idea of fiscal responsibility and using her allowance money wisely. Instead, I have to give her a biology course, for God's sake.
5: Okay, you're more than welcome to have your lawyer contact us. That's, He's Jewish. That's, that's up to you.
4: He has a lot of vowels um, and consonants in his last name. End of his name is Berg.
5: Okay. That not I already not spell
4: good time for you. I'm sorry. I said that not spell too too good time for you.
5: Okay. All right, sir. Let me let me take a look at this, and like I said, uh, let me get some answers for you, and give you a ring back. I hope it's for a gift card. I want to buy a Lego. I can give you the guest relations number if you'd like to call and make a suggestion.
4: I thought you were the manager. Are you telling me you have no decision-making ability? Do they just pass you around like an eight-year-old girl in the restroom over
5: there? No, but thank you for calling. I hope you have a great day, okay?
6: F*** you!
0: That's always a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, it's, it's over. The segment's over. You can stop laughing. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. Iraq veteran 88, eighty-eight eighty-eight coming up next. Eighty-eight eighty-eight, not three eighty-eight, two eighty-eight coming up next. Ed ben Shapiro, stay tuned.
7: Dark Knight here, and thanks to my utility belt, I don't need firearms. But you do, which is why April eighth, the Dark Knight. Robin, and other special guests in Fort Worth will be attending the annual Second Amendment Awards presented by the United States Concealed Carry Association. You can buy your tickets at 2aAwards.com and enjoy an evening full of special guests like yours truly, Stephen Crowder, Not Gay Jared, Iraq Veteran 888, Colin Noir, and Tim Kennedy, and more. We'll be discussing topics like Firearm of the Year, Manufacturer of the Year, and, of course, Firearm Safety, which is most important. Which is why it's pivotal that we always clear the weapon. Clear that, Robin.
1: Holy cow, Batman, that's loaded! This
7: whole time? Oh, fuck.
0: What this is? Apparently robots do this a lot. They do that a lot. They do yes. that a lot. Where It's like it's so cool. I think it's a defective robot. It's so cool. Though. I think it's, a, it's a recalled robot. It's a really cool dance tent. I don't know what you're doing, but it's racist. <laughs> don't do that with our guests. Uh, excited to have our next guests on. Uh, you know them on YouTube because they shoot things and blow them up. Uh, and we're excited. We're yes. going to actually be uh, hosting the 2A Awards in Fort Worth, Texas on April 8th with them at the Fort Worth Convention Center. They will be presenting uh, one of the awards. I don't know if it's Firearm of the Year or if it's Firearm Manufacture of the Year, but they're ex- it's, it's like a picture like the Oscars, only it doesn't suck, and Meryl Streep doesn't yeah. show up to ruin your day. You know their YouTube uh, channel, Iraq Veteran 8888 But there's two of them. How are you two, gentlemen? We're well.
8: Great, how are you doing?
0: We're doing well, we're doing well, Eric and Chet. So you, we were just talking about this with the whole YouTube kerfuffle. You guys haven't really seen much of a change uh, recently with gun videos.
8: Not terribly, you know, thanks for having us on again, by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, we always love being on your show. Whenever we have the opportunity, it's always fun. Well, don't you don't need to say that? Just, just, just go no, right into true. it. It's true. It's from the heart. It's from the heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. You're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> it, it hasn't really been all that bad. Um, you know, it. I think it's mainly just to do. Everybody's calling it the Trump slump. Mm. So in the gun industry, it just seems like there's a lot of a little bit of a slowdown. Yeah. Kind of from a you lot know of people those. aren't really fear buying anymore. Mm. They're not going out and they're worried. You know, they're not really worried about a gun ban or anything going on. So. I don't want to say they've gotten complacent, but maybe just a little bit of complacency in the marketplace. Well, that's so there are two things there. A, that's that's scary because the Second Amendment is just
0: one term away from being under fire again. So um, that's a big thing the of the conference is the United States concealed carry. Uh, association. They're really big on that. Um, and, and they're pretty hardline. There have been some firearm organizations who kind of have, have, have uh, given some leeway to some positions where I think I know I would disagree. So uh, that's why we decided to do these awards with them. But yeah, people can get complacent. Um, first off, do you think that there will be a, a ammo prices will go down because they surged under Obama? Obviously, Barack Obama was great for the firearm industry. Do you think we can see those kind of subside
2: a little bit? And then we can talk about what people need to do. I think over time you'll see the uh, demand kind of slump down a little bit, and then supply is still kind of there because there's still a lot of production going on, and uh, just common economics. You know, the demand will be kind of slow, be a good supply, so prices will steadily trickle down. I think. I mean, we're already seeing that with ARs. I mean, with with guns, and you see all these crazy sales on ARs going on. You can buy brand new AR-15s for less than five hundred dollars in a lot of cases now, which yeah. before they were six seven hundred dollars. You yep. know, or more, just depending on the time of year and what... But is know, that going to be a good AR, or is
0: that going to be like an AR like the Samsung 7 of the AR world that just nice. blows up in your face?
2: Ruger, like Ruger
8: AR556s, you know, 5, uh, 499 Okay. You know? I yeah, mean, like the Smith & Wesson yeah. Sports are great. Uh, options for the money i mean there's a lot of really good ones out there that are you know 450 to 550 mm. where you're getting a lot of good value man it's a great gun it's just a basic kind of entry-level gun and i think that what the uh, gun industry is also seeing right now is they're really getting a taste of like what the no- what normal really well, is yeah, what normal demand like, because is. there's been right. this, this really increased demand and this surge in like new gun ownership and everything like that and it's and it's caused there to be almost kind of a a fantasy world that the gun industry is living in. And I think now they're realizing like, Hey, this is the real world. This mm-hmm. is what the average real world is for them now. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. and I think, to go back to your original question, it's almost like that on YouTube. I mean, whereby people were really trying to seek out like a whole lot of knowledge about guns, not to say that we're not relevant anymore, but it's like, Oh, okay. Well, instead of hopping on there and trying to soak up the latest gossip, am eh, I, might, you know, wait on that video a week or two mm-hmm. until I'm bored or on the yeah. toilet doing whatever they Let's doing. see what
0: Jennifer Lawrence left mistakenly on the iCloud. That's more pressing. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So uh, people can get complacent, but this is actually a a, a good thing to talk about. What is it? Because it's really obvious, you know, when uh, President Obama was trying to ban a specific kind of ammo or throttle specific sections of the market or if there's an Assault Weapons Ban Act, you know what your enemy is, right? You know exactly what you're fighting. People need to realize that the Second Amendment, especially if you look at the Heller-DC case, you look at the votes against it, is just one Supreme Court case away from entirely changing. So uh, under the era of a a, a firearm-friendly president, what do you think are the best things that people can do so that they don't become complacent?
8: People have to practice what they preach. I mean, when it comes to like saying, Hey, I'm pro gun. I love guns. I love hunting. I love being outdoors. I love plinking with my kids. You got to get out and you have to do those things and you have to kind of be an ambassador to the sport. Mm. You know, just like saying, uh, I don't know, a guy loves fishing and all of a sudden, "Ah, now I'm not going to fish for the next five years. I mean, no, you wouldn't do that. Like if you're a hardcore fisherman, you're going to go fishing whenever you know, you can right? So same thing with guns. Like, You know, you can't just say during this whole time when everybody's trying to ban guns, oh, well, we have to do this and do that. No, you have to live that. Like, it's a lifestyle. You have to embrace that lifestyle and and kind of be a part of it and and promote it, you know. And I think that's important is promoting safety and firearms ownership amongst a wide variety of people. For sure. And also, like, in the political stratum as well.
2: I mean, you know, people are, like, hard on during these gun ban scares and stuff like that to contact their reps and everything and get the word out there about these things that are going on. But now— Everybody's just quiet, and you just hear crickets out right. right there. We've got a lot of pro-gun legislation. We've got a good opportunity to get a lot of it through in the next, you know, a couple of sessions, as long as everything works out as far as the numbers in
8: the House. senate you know, goes. I don't even like calling it pro-gun. I like calling it pro-freedom, yeah. you know? pro yeah. pro-liberty and pro-common sense. But like it, it's not. It goes way beyond I mean, guns. Uh-huh. It, it's, it's even more along the lines of like common sense. People have just gotten quiet about it, and it's like they're really not they just don't
2: care you know they have really become complacent and it's just a it's a bad thing you know yeah. I mean, might as well ride the tide while we got it. Well, you know? know, that's
0: a good point. And also there can be a lit fuse, you know, with policy. That could be a couple years or it could be four years in the making. So people always need to keep an eye on that, um, especially because, you know, with with President Trump, we don't exactly know what's going to happen. We see with the health care bill, too. There was once upon a time where he wasn't super pro-Second Amendment. So some things can kind of switch. People change their minds. This can occur. Um, I do think, though, you touched on something. It's important to make it accessible. And I think you guys do a good job. For people who don't know, one of the biggest firearm channels on YouTube, Iraq Veteran 8888 um, we did a video recently where we took our EP, Scott. He's a pro-Second Amendment guy, but from Connecticut, had never even touched a firearm.
2: I watched so, that video last night. It was quite humorous. Well,
0: exactly. <laughs> and by the way, we were not trying to dump on the guy at all. It was just to show people like, hey, listen, this is what a lot of people outside of our echo chamber think. And of course, right away. So they're going, you know what? You should have only put those firearms at the table. Unloaded with the racks. i like, okay, hold on a second. The whole point of this video is to see. Obviously, we checked for security. We had people there. We have sa- you know, safety experts at the firearm range. You have to. It's not legal to not have them. But we wanted to show people this is what happens if someone comes across a firearm with a magazine in there. For most people, they don't don't know what to do. And uh, that's not an insult. It's just there's a reality that I think a lot of people uh, are out of touch with. And like you said, during these times, they can become complacent when there's so much education. The firearm community sometimes, though, isn't super accessible. I think that's become a problem.
8: You know, it's really cool that you mentioned accessibility because that, that's one thing that we try to do is put out as much content as we can. You know, every, every facet of gun ownership, everything from being uh, responsible in terms of legislation and knowing what's going on in the gun world, but then all the way down to like, hey, here's how to clean your gun. Here's how to... Here's how to fix this or fix that. Here's a little gunsmithing hack you, you can learn. Here's how to reload a certain cartridge, or here's, you know, little reloading tricks and yep. things that people need to know about making their own ammo, fixing their own guns. I mean, we try to kind of encompass a little bit of everything so that people can have that knowledge base accessible when they need it. Um, too, it's, it's a
2: good wide range of content that's available for the beginner or the advanced shooter or reloader or whatnot. I mean, we cover pretty much the entire gamut of firearms ownership on the channel. So sometimes really, poorly,
8: but sometimes <laughs> poorly,
2: but really, we like to think that there's something there for everybody. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. no, I, I think there is. And that's that's. <laughs> a I watched your like,
1: videos a lot when I first was getting into guns. I watched probably hours of of, of your videos, and uh, I, I know for me, like. As a new shooter, I didn't want to go into a gun range and ask some old vet, like, all my stupid questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, so you think, feel stupid. Yeah. When, whenever you're new at something, yeah. you can feel stupid, and
8: I don't want people to the feel, feel stupid. But accessibility,
1: the, uh, you know, your videos
2: have been incredibly helpful. Yeah.
8: It's a video idea. Yeah. Like, questions you were afraid to ask. I right? think yeah. we should do that video. The thing
2: is, though, most <laughs> gun people are just the salt of the earth, just really oh, nice absolutely. people. And you can ask them anything, and they will certainly help you out. Just not on you the know. Internet.
0: On the uh-huh. internet,
6: they will tell you everything that you have done wrong or like, actually, that gun sucks. Oh, wa- Walter sucks. For me, it's just, you pussies need a seat. It's like, just stop. Gun blogs are the worst. The, that's just the trolls, boy. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah, it
0: is. Uh, uh, people who were actually commenting on that video, they're like, wow, this comment section is remarkably civil. You have a few yeah. people who come in, they're like, I'm an NRA certified instructor and everything you do is wrong. And we're like, You shouldn't teacup that firearm, bitch. I'm like, well, hold on. I was teaching him because he was shooting a revolver. He had to teacup and I was like, let's just continue with that today. It's still a perfectly <laughs> legitimate way to
8: shoot. Well, the thing is, though, is a lot of people, like, most average gun owners are not NRA instructors. So, I mean, he doesn't represent like the average gun person anyway, who, right. who cares? I mean, as yeah. long as you're being safe and you're having fun and you're learning, who gives a crap if you're not doing it right, you know? Yep. So, you have to learn eventually, you, you have to start out with something bad to learn something good, I mean.
0: This is true, and things often change. You know, when I went through my um, concealed carry course, um, I was taught uh, well, first off, this guy recommended revolvers for a lot of people. He's like a hammerless revolver because if you're not, you know, and then you have someone else say, Oh, it's stupid. You shouldn't. So everyone has an opinion. But um, so he taught us a teacup grip because obviously with that cylinder, for people who don't know, you cannot hold it as a semi-automatic with the revolver. Um, and that was how I learned how to shoot. He also taught a staggered stance. Whereas I know now it's completely flat, you know, lined up. That's what Not Gay Jared was taught. And I don't know that either is wrong, as, as long as you're safe and it works for you. It does seem to me, though, I will say this, and you could probably correct me. You'll probably take Jared's side. This idea that Jared learned, literally, Jared shoots like this. Okay? To me, it that's seems like coming from... That's an exaggeration. Coming from but. boxing, right, they always want, you, you want to be a smaller target, and you want them to be a bigger target. Um, and obviously, if you're wide stance, you're stable this way, but you're unstable front to back. Is that a new thing? that I miss a memo that went out?
2: really the thing is with a with a you know perpendicular or a parallel stance to your target the thing is you have the availability of moving that's that's one big thing a lot of that also
8: like that type of, t- of stance where where instructors teach that a lot it also has to do with uh, like old school machine gun shooting mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. always you, look up some old video from the 80s of like a guy running an mp5 or something and you'll always see him hunched mm-hmm. over like that because it helps him really control that machine gun yeah. and keep it on I mean, so it translates a little bit to that, but I've always been taught to, to somewhat turn your body. For one, if you do happen to get shot, it's more to go through to get your vital organs, especially if you, you know, if you're. See, if, Jared! If, See? You know. I so, told you. He it, laughs at me every time hard, I go up there with my six-shooter. A smaller target for someone to have to hit, and it's well, harder for them to get to your vitals that way if you're trained well enough to be able to use your gun effectively and turned like that. Well, you might, you might be tough to train that way. Right, you, know? you might be skinnier this
2: way than you are this way. Yeah. I don't know. It just depends. depends, <laughs>
8: depends on your body type. You know, now, if, you know <laughs> yes. if you're down as you are tall, well, then <laughs> I guess you just got to go from the you know? It's a, it just goes through visceral fat. I didn't feel nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I could tell a really funny story, but I don't know if, I, if we have time. But it, it, Is it, it appropriate? It, well, <laughs> if it's not, I, please tell it. We'll make time, and then we got to go. It is it is appropriate, actually. Damn it. So, uh, I have a funny story kind of somewhat related to that. It's a really short version. So okay. a buddy of mine uh, has a dad who's, let's just say he's a girthy man. Okay. <laughs> you know, good guy. Good guy. But he's, he's a girthy fellow. Okay. And, uh, so he was getting out of his truck. You know, I don't remember what he was doing, but he happened to be getting out of his truck, and he heard like a pow! And then, the, uh, you know, he carried a, a gun, like, across his, his belly in, like, a little holster, like, oh, side no. style or whatever. And he heard, like, this pop, and he didn't think nothing of it. He went inside and told his wife, dang, honey, my gun went off in the truck. I don't know what happened, but I didn't see a hole in the in the, in the door or nothing. And uh, didn't think nothing of it, went and got in the shower. His wife happened to walk by, honey, what's that blood in the... Uh, <laughs> Right there in the shower, and he looked down like, Damn it, I shot myself! got <laughs> like Big old belly. I mean, you know, big old belly kind of guy. Like I said, he's a girthy fella. And the bullet went like right through his fat, like just shot it. He, 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 he didn't, didn't even know? Through his belly and out the fat, we'll and see. it was just all fat,
2: so he didn't oh, feel it. There's probably not really any nerves in the fat, right? <laughs> he didn't feel it because it was just like all in the belly there, so.
4: Sweetheart, was I always an Audi? <laughs>
0: uh, all right, that is funny. I, and by the way, I know it's uh, we shouldn't say this because people will be like, "That's why you shouldn't own firearms." But when I'm feeling down, I just watch the firearm mishaps, the funny oh, ones on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys, the guys practicing. <laughs> the one where the guys practicing? His quick draw. He's like, gets up there and he does his walk, and he,
4: oh damn it, I shot myself. We <laughs> <laughs> so know that guy. You,
8: you see the one with the big fella shooting the Beretta like this? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Talking about the guy in the big blue shirt. Yeah. Fella shooting the Beretta. Yeah, I know. Yeah,
0: what do you do? You know him or?
8: Oh no, I don't know him. I just think it's a funny video. It is. Yeah,
0: it is. Is is that the one where he has like the, the extended magazine? I think. Uh, no, it's ex- a
8: normal Beretta, but oh, okay. like he's like fanning the trigger, like like this. <laughs> it's really funny.
0: Well, you know what? We laugh at him, but the truth is, when the apocalypse comes, I'll be going to his house or yours. Uh, Iraq veteran 8888, You'll be with us uh, in Fort Worth, Texas, on April 8th at the annual Second Amendment Awards. So, uh, looking forward to it, guys, and hopefully we can do some more more content while we're there. We will. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. All right, thanks, guys. We have to go. We have Ben Shapiro coming up next. So, oh, uh, that's that's a contrast.
5: It'll be fun. <laughs>
7: Oh, I just isn't
6: done that well. <laughs> <you are> <laughs> Greetings, with crowd of Viewers. Hopper here. It has been brought to my attention that many of you have not yet joined Mug Club and are only watching this on YouTube, where a flagrant disregard for freedom of exchange of ideas and speech is a growing plague, the likes of which we've never seen. The only way to fight back against YouTube. And the lamestream media... Some people call it mainstream. I call it lamestream. <laughs> As by joining up at lottowithcrowder.com slash mugclub Not only does your support help back in the fight against leftism and Big Squirrel But you get access exclusively to Lotto with Crowder's daily program along with the entire CRTV lineup and Nutgage and Courtney's morning grinders. What? And of course... Mug Club is good for doggos too. Not only does it go to Hopper's vet bills, but as proven in clinical trials, Mug Club enhances pet food nutrition absorption by 44%. I freaking love Mug Club! So what are you waiting for, America? You too can enjoy all the benefits of Mug Club for only $99 annually. $69 for students, veterans, or active military. Sign up at lottowithcrawler.com slash mug today. Dark Knight here. I
7: don't require the use of firearms because I work out so much. But most of you out there do. Like my faithful sidekick Robin, he's always packing for reasons that are self-explanatory. In today's world, it pays to be careful which is why you can join the Dark Knight on April 8th in Fort Worth for the annual Second Amendment Awards put on by the United States Casil Carry Association. Go to 2aawards.com to enjoy a night filled with special guests, Steven Crowder, not Gay Jared, Oreck veteran 88, 88, Tim Kennedy, and more. Ta- Alfred! Alfred, we're taping a commercial! Alfred, you're supposed to knock into the Batcave! I don't care how old you are, I have a good mind to kick the ever-loving shit out of you, Alfred. We're taping. We're taping in 4K. It's expensive, Alfred.
4: And I don't want nobody. Want nobody. And I don't want nobody. You got that right.
0: All right, glad to bring in this next, but I don't want to dance too long because he looks busy. He's at a hotel, which means he's on the road. Uh, you know his show, Ben Shapiro show at Daily Wire. The reason we're having him on actually is because I think it's been two months since we've had him on the free YouTube show. Has it been a long time. We have him on the Mug Club Daily show all the time, and people uh-huh. just are like, oh, why don't you have Ben Shapiro on? Well, it's like we, we, we do. You're just cheap. So, Ben Shapiro, <laughs> glad to have you here, sir. How are you?
9: I'm um, good. I mean, you know, I'm at this hotel, and I make sure that when I'm in a hotel room, I'm only here with with single women, not my wife, just to make sure the leftists <laughs> are pleased.
0: Oh, uh, isn't that one of those? I mean, it's it's pretty mainstream in a lot of Christian denominations. You know, Muslims it's mainstream
9: can't- in Judaism, my friend, like Orthodox Jews. This is a, it is. There's a national name for it. It's called Yehud, Right, you're not supposed to be in seclusion with with women who are not your wife. I, it's something I actually abide by. The idea is that we, I'm, I'll go out to dinner with a woman in a public place or uh, who's a business colleague, or if I'm having a meeting with a woman, I'll try and leave the door open. So that, 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 by the way, that's good practice generally, so yeah. you're not accused of sexual harassment. I mean, look, look at Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz got accused of having sex with every woman he ever shook hands with. <laughs> And everybody was looking at that on our side, going, "Wait, wait, Ted Cruz, like, really?" And Donald Trump was like, "The National Enquirer is a real publication. They deserve a Pulitzer Prize." And we're like, "What the f?" Yeah, like he would be served by keeping the Mike (laughs) Pence rule. Apparently,
0: well, one of them that he stooped was her, uh, one of her surrogates, and that's when he was like, he backed off, like, "Well, except Katrina Pearson." We're like, "Okay, we
9: get it." (laughs) Remember there was a picture, and (laughs) then Katrina's response was amazing. It was, "Well, yeah, so I didn't have sex with Ted Cruz, but I can't speak for all the other women." Right, boy. Yeah, that's a that's a spokesperson right there that you can really trust with your with your life. Well, you know
0: what? That's another interesting point. So getting beyond the the moral side of it, we talked about this quite a bit earlier on in the program Um, as a public figure. It's a very prudent practice. People need to understand that. I mean, you probably you probably had at least one or two crazy fans. We have, uh, and they'll say anything. And so you can't put yourself in a position where they can just snap a picture and say, "Look, Ben Shapiro was here with this
9: person." And they'll, they'll run with it. So, hundred percent right. Is a hundred percent right. Now, to respect for my wife, I wouldn't want that to be even even if it were you know completely false, which I hope it would be. Even if something like that were completely false, I wouldn't want my wife to be in a position of now having to take questions on like, "Was I?" some random fan or something i mean like the the idea that that people don't know about this sort of thing in public is just yeah. absurd and it's just a, a slap against against pence generally and beyond which i mean the idea that pence is is respectful enough of his marriage and obviously something that his wife cares about to not put himself in a situation like he's not saying that they're they're implying that what he's saying is that every time he goes out with a woman to dinner that he, it's a potential sex mate and it's yeah. not what he's saying at all first of all would it be any better for the feminist if he narrowed it down? If he was like, yeah, I, I go to dinner with all the ugly ones, just the hot ones I never go to dinner with. Like, yeah. <laughs> you think that would make it better for the feminists? But
0: that's they, reality. Like, yeah. The truth is, I, you and I both know with our wives, if there was a picture taken, like, oh, I know that we're a colleague. She's kind of, but if you were snapped <laughs> with some gorgeous tan, i be, what's this about? Let's just be realistic here. And most feminists uh, are in the former category. But I, I agree with you, Ben. Uh, just beat them behind closed doors. I think that's the best solution here.
9: <laughs> yeah. No, the, the... <laughs> Beat them mercilessly behind closed doors. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go there. But but now that you say it, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it's still not going to go there. It's, so, yeah. it's a good it, way it, to it, keep
0: them in line. No, it really is remarkable. Um, first off, it's not like we're saying you know it's Islam where if a woman isn't dressed in full ninja outfit, you know we can't be trusted. Listen, first off, you are putting limitations on yourself because we are men. And men, particularly in a situation which is by design a romantic situation, a dinner date is a romantic situation. That's why it's one of the first things you ask a woman, hey, you want to grab dinner sometime. That- Combined with alcohol at many of these functions, and yes, you're a man. Men are sexually tra- sexually attracted this to, is ridiculous. To, to women. It's, the whole thing's ridiculous. Well, I mean, you brought at, it up. At
9: CPAC every year. CPAC was known for years and years. I mean, you know this dude. CPAC was known for years and years and years as the shtuppen place for young conservative people, right? Yeah. And that was because when you put men and women in close proximity working together. Things sometimes happen. It doesn't mean they always happen. It doesn't mean they happen most of the time. But yeah. why in the world would you put yourself in a situation where if something you know goes awry, then you've destroyed your marriage? Like why would you even why would you even do that? And if that's his rule, first of all, my guess is that Mike Pence at some point has had a business dinner with somebody who is a woman and a member of his staff. Like I highly doubt right. there's no, that, that this is like a hard and fast rule where he has never where he said no, I can't do it. You know I've known this woman for 20 years and we've never had anything going on, but I cannot go to dinner with her even even to discuss the budget when he was governor. Of like I just can't imagine that that's the case, yeah, but it, it, again, this is the here's the thing that's amazing. The left has zero evidence whatsoever, zero that Pence has ever discriminated against a a woman or or somehow limited her ability to be in a position of power. So instead, they just make that up, right? They just assume yeah. we well, won't go to dinner with a woman. That must mean he's discriminating against women. Well, you need actual evidence of discrimination in order to in order to accuse somebody of that that's just absurd. Well, if he did take him out to
0: dinner, they'd bitch that he didn't get her the clam sauce. So it's just no matter what it is, it's never enough. Hey, and here, win. let's be let's be realistic too. Everyone else says like, "Oh, like anyone would want to sleep with Mike Pence." Yes, okay. I'm a straight man. He looks like a GI Joe who's aged well. Mike <laughs> Pence is a good-looking man. He
9: looks like he's straight out of central casting. Dude, for, forget about forget about that. He is he's been the governor of Indiana. He, he was in Congress. He's now the vice president of the United States. Newt freaking Gingrich was drawing attractive. Okay, like, like give me a... Like, yeah. This has nothing to do with the attractiveness of the guy. Well, that it's is true, absolutely okay? true, too. Again, that goes back to celebrity. You
0: know, I, I remember when I started out doing stand-up at 18 years old, performing at Bananas in Hawthorne Heights, New Jersey. Women were lining up just because he had the microphone. I am sorry. It's just... It's, it's a sociological phenomenon with fame. And I guarantee you, someone like Governor Pence has had opportunities. So it, it is. Again, there's the moral side to it. And then there's just... Pragmatically speaking. Again,
9: I return to Ted Cruz. It has nothing to do with how
0: they look. <laughs> like, <is it? laughs> they want you to believe that he reached for a handshake and then slipped in his wiener when they weren't looking. Like,
1: how'd you do it, Ted? <laughs> yeah, he's that cool enough to be president, but the guy's got game.
0: Possibly. Yeah, yeah, believe exactly. <laughs> it's like, he's the most disgusting person on earth. They can't believe him. He's, and then again, he had sex with everybody, that <laughs> Casanova. <laughs> Uh, all right, okay. Uh, we could talk about this all day. We've been talking about it for most of the day. Jared blew a gasket when he read the salon article. Um, they insane. But let's yeah. talk about, uh, at this point, you know, people other are calling. Other insane things? Yes, other sucks. insane things. Yeah. Okay, where do you line up right now on the health care bill? I'm curious, because I know you were you were pretty. Obviously, you weren't a big Trump guy. Yeah, but
9: it's we, a crap bill. Uh, and never, <laughs> it shouldn't have been passed. Uh, the only you, thing that was any good in it may was the, I was the, ask the questions, please? Okay, fine. Finish your question. Go, go, no, finish your thoughts. Stop shaking your head, April.
0: <laughs> finish your thought. You were, you were Okay, it's a crap bill. I was going to say, you know, we both agreed that, that Donald Trump's actions weren't as bad as his words initially. This seems like a real blunder. Okay, go ahead and act as though it, my question mattered.
9: Okay, so your question totally didn't matter, I know. but the, the the answer's do. So here's the, here's the answer. The Number one, the bill was garbage. The only thing that, in, in it that was worthwhile at all was Paul Ryan's shift from Medicaid being on a needs-based grant to the states to being a, a fixed grant to the states. Mm-hmm. That was a good thing, obviously, and that was the only thing that Ryan cared about. It was poorly rolled out. Basically, I think what happened here was this. Trump said, I want a victory right now. I've made a bunch of promises to people that it's impossible for a conservative to keep. Things like, we're going to make sure that pre-existing conditions exist for all of the insurance companies. We're going to increase the number of people who have health insurance. Like These are all Democrat promises. These are not promises that conservatives right. make. And so he makes all these promises, and then Ryan somehow has to work within the boundaries that Trump has set for him. One, timeline, and two, here's what has to be in the bill. And so he goes basically back to his basement. He works out a bill just that he thinks is going to pass. He goes back to Trump, and the plan is, Ryan will sell it to the establishment crew and Trump will sell it to the anti-establishment crew. And then it turns out that Ryan can't sell it to the establishment crew, 10 to 15 people on the establishment side aren't interested. And Trump can't sell it to the, to, to the anti-establishment crew because they look at it and they go, wait a second, this is basically Obamacare light, including a backdoor mandate, including a new entitlement program. Why would we do any of these things? Yeah. And Trump gets pissed and then he, uh, like, a, like a small child, decides to take his ball and go home. And he says, we're not gonna do anything now. Yeah. Like when people say he worked really hard for this bill, Barack Obama worked on Obamacare for 13 months, and he had a super majority in the Senate. And he and he worked on it for 13 months. Right. Donald Trump could not be bothered to work on this sucker for three full weeks. Yeah. He worked on it for 17 days. So the idea that he, and the entire time he was saying, well if it fails, we'll just let Obamacare. Well, well how, it, how you know, much of this do no you think is,
0: is really, because sometimes I, I think maybe you're giving his crew too much credit coming in this late in the game. How much of this do you think was actually crafted by uh, President Trump and friends versus Paul Ryan and friends? Because that's I, obviously I think the that, debate.
9: I think, that, I think it was crafted by Ryan and friends, but I think it had to fit within certain parameters. And I sure. think those parameters included some of the, the comments that, that, let's put it this way. If Cruz or Rubio were president, that bill looks very different because they don't make all the promises that Trump makes on this thing. But if Ryan right. were so, president,
0: does it look pretty much the same?
9: Uh, no, I don't think if Ryan is president, it looks pretty much the same. I think that Ryan would have been interested in, in curbing a lot more of the regulations that, okay. that impacted Obamacare. I think he would have been more interested in getting rid of some of the mandates. Mm. Um, I, th- I think that Trump you know, made certain promises and those promises weren't. This is the the dirty little secret here is that Trump wins. Everybody thinks all differences have been glossed over and now we're all gonna march together in lockstep. It doesn't change the fact that Trump is not actually a traditional conservative in any real sense. He was sure. a he, he himself is a populist. Okay, the populist agenda has crossover with the conservative agenda in certain areas like immigration, right. but when it comes to actual entitlement programs, it has almost no crossover. In fact, they're directly at odds. And so this is a this is a real problem for this particular bill. And then it doesn't help that Trump really, in his in the in the cockles of his heart, you know, Trump really deeply wants to move to, to work with democrats because he really is sort of a centrist figure politically i mean this guy spent a lot of years giving money to democrats and so immediately his first move is to throw under the bus all the freedom caucus members now what's funny is that the freedom caucus members and i have the same position on this bill but the freedom caucus members were huge backers of trump during the actual campaign Right. Now, I don't get to talk here because I didn't vote for Trump. I didn't vote for Trump or Hillary. I thought both of them sucked. Yeah. But you know, the Freedom Caucus guys like Mark Meadows, who's the head of the Freedom Caucus, campaigned a lot for Trump. Yeah, you know, the, the uh Jim Jordan campaigned for Trump. Right. Mark Meadows campaign uh, the uh who else am I thinking
0: is Justin Amash in that in that caucus? Because yeah, I know. Just yeah, Justin, he, Justin he Amash is in that caucus. He did not right, he was he, not a big right. fan of Trump. He's he's kind right, he of did uh, not.
9: Yeah, he did not. But but let's put it this way: if you're going to look at the level of enthusiasm in the Freedom Caucus for Trump versus right. the level of enthusiasm in the general Republican base for Trump, much higher in the Freedom Caucus than normal. I mean, Louis Gohmert was a big Trump fan. Sure, uh, I love Louis. I mean, these are all good people, and and they were all big Trump fans, and they're basically. Even now, while he's crapping all over them, and he is on Twitter like every day now, crapping all over them, they keep going back to him like wounded kittens going, you know, please be nice to us. We understand that we really want to craft something with you. And Trump's like, no, you guys are terrible. I'm working with Democrats, which, by the way, is totally delusional. The yeah. Democrats aren't interested in working with Trump. Okay, well let just want to step on his face. The Democrats, he... he's got a 9% approval rating among Democrats right now. He, they hate Trump so much that they're about to filibuster Neil Gorsuch for no reason and destroy their only capacity to filibuster the actual fifth vote. Bill- I actually, I actually Next hope time.
0: they do. I think that's good for us if they filibuster yeah, Gorsuch because it's, it's the guy has just been, he's been handling this so well. That, that's kind of the one real, the, the, the one ray of light in these last couple of weeks has been yeah, Neil agreed. Gorsuch. I've been watching it going like, oh my I just, if I were to craft somebody who could answer these questions more, I couldn't couldn't write it more perfectly. But let me zone in on this here because I, I can already see the comments section. Um, of course, a few anti-Semitic comments. You know this. I know this. This is YouTube. Uh, <laughs> Jew, Jew! Jew gold! Um, and, and, and to me too, by the way, even though I'm I'm a Gentile. This is just the way it works online. But here's the deal. People are saying, okay, Trump's trying to compromise and get something passed as opposed to nothing and let Barack Obama, you know, Obamacare be cemented. What do you think is the best case scenario moving forward? Obviously, you know, Democrats are are going to be 100% against any kind of repealing. You're going to have a lot of establishment Republicans against a full repeal. What needs to be done? And what do you think actually, you know, pragmatically speaking, can be done?
9: I mean, forward. compromise with whom? You know, I think that when they say that Trump wanted to compromise, the answer is with with whom? Who is he compromising with? I mean, now we're we're learning that members of the Tuesday Group in the in Congress won't even take calls from the Freedom Caucus, and the Freedom Caucus is saying like, let's get together and figure this thing out right now, and, right. and they won't do it. So, you know, when it comes to trying to figure out where they go next, look here. Here's my preferred prescription: Donald Donald Trump should work with Paul Ryan to pass a clean repeal bill in the House. He'll never do it. Paul Ryan should just pass a clean repeal bill in the House, put Republicans on record if they will actually vote for a clean repeal bill or not, and then send it to the Senate and make Mitch McConnell do the same thing. And do as much as you can under reconciliation. They did this in 2015. Do as much as you can under reconciliation. If you can't do it under reconciliation, fine, make the Democrats filibuster in favor of Obamacare. Why is that so terrible? But is
0: there any problem with the fact that your, your plan sort of rests on the shoulders of Paul Ryan, who in many instances recently has been one big walking vagina? (laughs)
9: <laughs> Listen, the whole pro- – part of the problem is that Paul Ryan uh, is, is – has been considered this great conservative standard-bearer for a while. I've never been a big Paul Ryan fan, and, and the fact is that th- there is this weird idea in Congress that it is not your job to pass the things that your, your constituents voted for. It right. is your job to craft consensus and pass something that will, that will actually pass through all the branches of Congress. No, that's not how the Constitution was was created. It wasn't supposed to be everybody from all the branches get together and then they all get in a back room and they hash out what they're gonna vote for. It was supposed to be a lot of mess. It was supposed to be a lot of back and forth. It was supposed to be people punching each other politically. And and you know, I don't know why that goes away just because Trump is president. So yeah. you know, my view is this look, Trump can either do the right thing here or he can do the wrong thing here, but Congress has a responsibility to pass things that they said that they were gonna pass, and this is a massive broken promise by a bunch of Republicans who for seven years said they were gonna repeal this thing first chance they got, and then immediately with Within three weeks said we're not gonna repeal this thing we're leaving Obamacare in place I, I, there's no excuse for it
0: no there's no excuse for it and I can definitely see why people are upset I can see why people are upset with President Trump but I say I just I can't stand Paul Ryan and I'll tell you why uh, first off many reasons, okay. But what really started it <laughs> was when he was going, running for president with Mitt Romney, and he did that uh, that a c slater pose p ninety x with the dumbbell in that magazine spread with his stupid little short shorts and his hairy little thighs. I' was thinking, what is this guy thinking this is this is the most traumatizing. Image I've ever seen from someone in national office. You don't remember this? He I don't was like, like, yeah. He was like, I work out, and he had his baseball cap on backwards. Oh yeah, was it was doing, horrifying. Yeah, yeah. So that and, and that was actually, a screech
9: from Saved by the Bell doing pull Exactly.
0: Yeah. It was horrible. And then obviously the fact that uh, people tried to act as though, like you said, he was this conservative standard bearer, and people in the know, for lack of a better word, knew that wasn't the case. I felt that same way about Eric Cantor to a to a that's a, right to a much greater extent. Oh but yeah, all the young guns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric Cannon was really bad, but I kind of put Paul Ryan in that same boat. So I'm between I I get it. I'm disappointed all around with this last week. But um, I I certainly would like to see Paul Ryan and the rest of Republicans, not only Donald Trump here, grow some balls and do what they said they were going to do. I actually thought they wanted to repeal this thing.
9: Yeah. I mean, I I think that we all thought they wanted to repeal this thing. Look, is, is it Paul Ryan's fault? Yes, it's Paul Ryan's fault. It was Paul Ryan working within the constraints that were that were created by Donald Trump. Yes, he was working within those constraints as well. So there's enough blame to go around uh, on all of this. And it's really up to Paul Ryan to stand up to his caucus and say, okay, we're gonna craft something that the right of our party can approve. Otherwise we're not gonna go forward with, with any of this stuff. And and it seems to me that you never, uh, I, I mean, I've said this on, on your show before, I, I hate these giant omnibus packages where you've got like a 120 page package because you think that that's somehow gonna get everybody on board. The easiest thing to do, because Republicans could not say no to voting for it, would be a clean repeal. I heard but a Republican who's going to spend seven years saying we're going to repeal it, then the minute there's a bill that says we're going to repeal it, they say no. What about, what about Rand strength, Paul's, what about Rand
0: Paul's four page proposition? I mean, I know what, it, on yeah,
9: its Rand Paul's Rand Paul's proposition was much better than this. I mean, I, I, again, I think yeah. that there are a number of ways to do this. This was not the way to do it. Uh, the, the the artificial deadline was not the way to do it. And then the fact that Trump immediately turned, it was almost like kabuki theater, the fact that he immediately turned on the Freedom Caucus, and it turned into Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and Trump all ripping on the Freedom Caucus, these, these terrible purists who won't go along with the program, it's like, wait a second. I was I was under the impression from all of your fans that you were captain anti-establishment. And yet here you are making nice with Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan and Democrats and crapping all over the Freedom Caucus, which is the Tea Party Caucus in the Congress.
0: Yeah. My, my biggest concern there is I don't even know how Mitch McConnell ties a tie because there's no neck. I've got to imagine he just picks a spot and has to cinch it. And it's just sort of a guessing game at a certain point. Well, first point. he
9: puts it on over his turtle shell, and then he <laughs> and then he slides it up yes. as his head comes out of the shell. Yes,
0: yeah. he took the, the Turtles Club membership a little literally, Mitch McConnell. That's exactly right. Um, okay. <laughs> ben Shapiro, the Ben Shapiro show available at Daily Wire. Ben, what else? Uh, where else can people find you, or what, what are you up to right now that people should be looking for?
9: Uh, you can check out my podcast over at uh, SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, it's a Ben Shapiro show, and uh, obviously Daily Wire is where we put all of our stuff. I also write a piece once a week for National Review, um, and, uh, and you can check that out as well of
0: course and there are loads of single women in that hotel room just beyond the lens of the camera let it be known on the record ben shapiro behind
9: this curtain right here (laughs)
0: yes exactly actually just paul ryan can i come out now (laughs) we will be back with more after this ben thank you so much brother we had him on. we had him on the following advertisement has been paid for by big squirrel
4: sheldon acornson of squirrel suiticles here it's been brought to my attention that many of you Louder With Crowder viewers have been joining Hashtag Mug club. But have you been doing so out of your own free will? Or have you been con? Just what false claims are Hopper and the crew at Louder With Crowder making about this so-called Mug Club? Sure, you get access to Louder With Crowder's exclusive daily programming along with Mark Levin, Michelle Malkin, Not Gay Jared's Morning Grinders and more. But what's the price of your integrity? Why wouldn't you continue to exclusively support a platform like YouTube with a proven track record of quality programming? And the Young Turks? And are all these claims about Mug Club true? For example, Harper claimed in a clinical trial that Mug Club was proven to enhance pet food nutrition absorption by 44%. But upon closer review... The trial wasn't placebo-controlled double-blind. Doesn't sound like the gold standard to me. What's Hopper trying to hide? They claim that those who sign up at lottowithcrowder.com slash mugclub who are students, veterans, or military get it at a discount for $69. But do you really? I guess you'll have to find out at checkout. So stand with me, Sheldon Acornson of Big Squirrel-Ceuticals, and YouTube too, lottowithcrowder.com slash mugclub. I think not.
3: What was that? Just stop it. That's not acceptable. Jared always dies. That's not good behavior. He always dies in that.
0: That is not acceptable behavior. Uh, thank you so much to Ben Shapiro, veteran 8888 for yeah. a great show. Uh, of course, thank you, people who've subscribed to the Mug Club this week. There have been a lot with the YouTube controversy. Uh, you know, this is... I know a lot of you people work... Uh, day jobs, working class people who watch the show or people who are in college, this is everyone's job here. So uh, Muggle is what allows us to do that and yes. not be beholden to places like YouTube. This is actually people work 10, 12, 14 hour days to get these shows up. And uh, the support this last week has been outstanding. So I think YouTube has been a real wake up call with what's been yeah. happening yeah. Uh, with a lot of people. And I, I think we're gonna see a, a, a real real changing of the guards here. I'll take your free crap for granted. <laughs> <laughs> it could all <sighs> go away. <laughs> That was Amy Schumer's Barbie contract. Oh, God. Like, That's just what happened. Hello, Wakbar. Thank you. I, I bet you that meeting just went She just walked in. She's like, okay, so as far as the Barbie film, they said, what film? <laughs> what film? She said, no, 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 the, well, the, where I'm going to be playing Barbie. I have some ideas for Ken. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Is this
3: uh, a new stand-up routine it's, you're yeah. doing? It's in my, it's in my
1: contract.
0: <laughs> what contract? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sometimes you just do that when you just when you're a kid and you just buried it, just... You just you just bury into that lie. I don't know, and you know that they know you know. <laughs> I,
6: I you're saw you. At this point, you. there's
0: no way to come clean. You said no idea, <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. No. Yep, I did that once. You did? Did that once? I told you when I had a booger on my face, and a girl was like, she just said, she just said, uh, "Oh my god, you have a booger." And I was talking to her. She she like called her friends over to see it. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> she couldn't just tell me. And then just like when they finally were, they were all laughing, I just went, and like, oh, how do you not feel that? I said, feel what? I said, you had a booger on your face. I said, no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> This is Hillary last, I, last week's show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just said, no, I didn't. I said, you just you just had a bug on your face. I said, I, no. I don't know what you're talking about. No. <laughs> it was just, I was so, I wanted to crawl into myself and die. Oh, I just I just said, I'm there. just going uh, to deny that this has ever happened. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you must be mistaken. I'm afraid you're mistaken, sir. <laughs> um, nice, big, nice. Sh- big big shows next week. We have um, Owen Benjamin. We have Kirby Martin, the girl who wore the Meninist shirt, who pissed off all the people. So <laughs> <laughs> that over there at, uh, what's it, nice. uh, student, uh,
7: What's uh, that? I blah, just blah, forgot blah, the name blah, of the
0: blah, blah, blah. Uh, college College fix. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's conservative college fix. Anyways, right. we have a few big guests next week. Really looking forward to it. And uh, listen, if we're, if we're talking about one sort of theme this week, uh, I, I think there are a couple of things that are important. First off, you see this outrage with Mike Pence. Uh, we were talking about Generation Z. You know, fewer people identify as feminists than ever. Um, we were talking about uh, the Second Amendment, you know, uh, and, and becoming complacent. It's important to remember that that fuse can be lit for anti-Second Amendment policy. It can be two years, can be four years, can maybe be two terms down the line. You know, people in Ronald, under Ronald Reagan's presidency were not thinking about the assault weapons ban coming under the Clinton presidency. Uh, it, it, it's one thing to think of where you are today, and that's important, obviously, but it really is. Uh, <laughs> It's pivotal for everyone to think about three, four years down the line. And YouTube's not doing that, and I think they're going to see some really negative ramifications. But just as you can plant these these really negative seeds, we were talking about that with these kids who are in Los Angeles schools, they don't, they don't know anything about uh, this 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 pseudo-racism uh, card constantly played by, by Black Lives Matter. People our age or people who are baby boomers, they, they, it's not the world that they've been raised in. So we can understand that we're having a conversation, but they just see... my school's being screwed because we're 70% white? They they don't understand it. You've planted a seed there that can be really dangerous. It can grow into something absolutely horrible. Just as surely with the Second Amendment, we were talking about making that accessible. You plant a seed there when we take Scott, our EEP, first time out there shooting. You make it a positive experience. You plant that seed for someone else to teach someone else, and it can be two, three generations down the line. Um, it's important to not get complacent and just think about the here and now, but understand what could happen a couple generations. And I guarantee you that with Barack Obama under that presidency, if you'd have told him that the Generation Z, the generation being raised under his presidency, was going to become the most conservative ever, he, he wouldn't
1: have believed you. No, yeah. no, he thought he was making a real difference at that kind of stuff. I think he thought he was. I think I think people think they have more power and influence like that than they really have. That they can actually just just. Just a couple policies and change culture, (laughs) they don't realize that you can create a really ugly rebound effect. Well,
0: he he was trading in the futures of the next generation to pay off previous generations. Yeah, Uh, it's kind of social security is a great metaphor for that. And so there's a real opportunity there with younger people out there. But you need to be forward thinking, and that's one thing we're talking about this healthcare bill or or Donald Trump or Paul Ryan and some of the moves that Republicans are making. We need to not just understand that right now people think just trolling online is fun and MAGA hats, and I, I, I get it. But you do need to be aware that there's an entire generation of people who are watching you, and you are planting seeds. And at a certain point, everything that's going on right now, the hysteria, loving that liberals are upset and triggered, and we, we love it just as much as everybody else. But if there's no principle there, if, yeah. if, if there are no values there to instill in someone else, you cannot plant seeds. And they're going to get bored of this, and they're just going to go back to the left because it's basically an anti-establishment sentiment. I mean you kind of see that anti-establishment sentiment doesn't really get you very far. Right. That's what happened with Donald Trump. He became president. And now he's working with the establishment against the anti-establishment Freedom Caucus. (laughs) And people aren't. So it it doesn't really get you so far. You get that rebound effect, just like we talked about with Barack Obama when he was a president. All of a sudden, firearms were scarce. Ammo was scarce. Prices went up. But that only gets you so far, because once that's gone, it's not really a, a, a belief. It's not really a deeply held value. So we are in a time where there's been a door opened. And there's an unbelievable opportunity. But you need to be aware of the seed that you're planting, both on the negative side. We talked about with Los Angeles and the Mike Pence, the reaction. You're going to turn off an entire generation of young women. Just like, please, filibuster Gorsuch. I, I, I would be thrilled if you do. <laughs> Weeks
3: of show material.
0: Right. But on the plus side, on the positive side, with the Second Amendment right now, I've seen a lot of people get complacent. A lot of people not really discussing issues that matter to them because they think eh, Donald Trump's just going to fix it for the rest of us. Be aware that there are people who are going to walk through that door a few years down the line. And be aware that that threshold can be an entirely different experience. So obviously, uh, operating in the moment is important, but don't get caught up on it. And and don't lose sight of, of where things can be because they can change so quickly, so radically. And sometimes they change precisely because of the decisions that you make today. Did that sound like it mattered? I hope it sounded like it mattered. Talk to you next
5: week.